0: Why these games? Well, the play's the thing. And I'm surprised you have to ask when your
1: human Shakespeare explained it all so well. So he did, but don't depend too much on any one single. It's a pity you point. don't know the content of your own library. Hear this, Picard, and reflect. All the galaxy is a stage. World, not galaxy. All the world's a stage. Oh, you know that one. Well, if he were living now, he would have said galaxy.
2: Unbelievable. It's December of 2021. I mean, we've gotten through this year and just like went by so quickly. We've had so much new Star Trek and of course, Star Trek books and comics have continued to be published. And we're going to get more next year. We just haven't got a a big announcement of all the books for next year yet, but I'm, I'm waiting for that. So welcome everyone to Positively Trek. I'm Bruce Gibson. Dan, are you excited about the new year coming up? Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. The the few books that we do know are coming, I'm excited about. And uh, to see those empty spots fill up on the schedule, I can't wait to see what they come out with. But yeah, it's December. This blows my mind. We're recording this on the morning of December 1st. And I've barely processed that 2020
2: is over. (laughs) and We're coming to the end of 2021. This is nuts. This whole lockdown with COVID and everything has really kind of messed me up time-wise. Because there's times Mm -hmm. where I think like, oh yeah, I did that two years ago. And then I think, well no, that was three years ago. It's almost like this period of COVID has just kind of put a pause on time for me.
1: Yeah. And then at the same time, it kind of goes the other way sometimes too, where I'm like, oh, that was ages ago. Oh, that that was last month? Oh, okay. <laughs> like it, it just really has messed up with my perception of time. Yeah. It's strange, which, which actually kind of fits with one of the stories we're going to be talking about. But anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, the plan originally for this episode, if anybody looks at our Goodreads group, the plan was to review the last of the trade paperbacks based that that pulls the issues in from Star Trek year 5 and that is experienced in loss and that was supposed to come out now. Well, it's been delayed for the ebook version, the digital version of that comic omnibus is going to be January 26 and then the physical copy is planned to come out March 1st. So we're like, well, yeah, all the issues have already come out, but we kind of plan these shows around when they're published as a trade and that hasn't happened yet. And do we do that or not? And then we decided, you know what, we'll put it off till at least January. We'll let you know. But Mm -hmm. so we're not going to cover that now. So if you guys hurried up and read all the past issues, we'll hold on tight. We'll get to it in the near future. In the meantime, there's something we want to tackle that we've been discussing and looking forward to for a while. And that is new fiction in the new Star Trek magazine. And that magazine is now called Star Trek Explorer. And there's two stories in that magazine. So we thought we would give you our thoughts about this new Star Trek Explorer magazine and talk about the two stories that are in there, the two pieces of fiction. And I am so excited to get new fiction in a magazine again. I'm, and not only that, I'm excited. It's two, not just one, (laughs) you know, it's like double the fun. And Dan, I mean, are you as excited as I am?
1: I got to say that. uh, Yes, I am. This is quite honestly, the first magazine physically I've subscribed to in quite a long time. And I was pretty excited when this showed up in my mailbox, Star Trek Explorer number one. And the main reason that I did subscribe was because of the fiction that we were promised would be within its pages. That said, I'm really enjoying the magazine besides like it's really good, you know, but uh, yeah, those two
2: fiction stories. That's definitely the draw for me. Absolutely. Same here. If there was no fiction in here, more than likely I probably wouldn't subscribe. But to your point, I'm enjoying the other content that is in here. So I thought before we get into the stories, let's talk about some of the things that we've seen in here that we like. Now, I have to admit, I haven't read the whole thing yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've only picked a couple articles here and there, and that's what I've read. But I've looked through it and and see some things that I'm interested in. But I also want to mention that you said you're getting the physical copy. I debated back and forth if I wanted digital or physical. So I went with digital just because I just don't like to have more stuff. <laughs> I don't, cause I know if I keep up with this for a while, I'll have a pile of these and I'll be like, oh, I got another pile of something else somewhere. And I'm just like, "Digital's just for me the best way to go when it comes to space. You know, I just, I just don't want more things, physical things.
1: I, I definitely get that, and I am kind of worried about how many of these I'm going to end up with and how much stuff I already have. Uh, I don't know. I've been thinking of stuff, and I don't know if anybody out there would want these, but maybe maybe Patreon giveaways or something. If we send stuff out, we can include a couple issues, <laughs> back issues of Star Trek Explorer. Or I don't know. Something. I, I feel like there's some fun stuff we could end up doing with these at some point, or Even just donate
2: them to a doctor's office, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. It's funny you said that because I donated some to Dragon Con, the Star Wars Mm. Insider, for them. And they did giveaways of that. Like, well, at the end of a panel, everybody got like a little ticket, you know, lottery ticket type thing or whatever, a little number. And then they call out the number and someone gets like a pile of them and stuff. And people like them, you know. It's Mm. fun to get the old stuff. Yeah, for sure. I still have Star Trek communicators in a trunk. In my basement. Oh, that's
1: cool. I have the old uh, Star Trek magazine, the really big, thick, glossy ones that uh, like, and you can't get rid of those. Like they're, they're beautiful works of art in and of themselves. Uh, for the Star Trek Explorer, like part of me is flashing back to my youth a little bit. And I'm like, man, I could make a really cool Star Trek collage out of
2: all of this stuff yeah. at some point. Well, that's a good point too. That's the thing I like about magazines is and, and the physical especially, even though I'm not doing physical on this, is just paging through and looking at all the pictures. You know, a lot of these pictures we've seen before, but sometimes they're just bigger or just seeing a collage of different pictures grouped together that you've never seen grouped together. And sometimes there's pictures you see that you've never seen before, you know? And and, and artwork is in there too. So I, I've often enjoyed that about magazines. I actually picked up the, the big issue of, uh, entertainment weekly at the store the other day, as I was checking out that's celebrating 55 years of star Trek. And I haven't read any of it. I've just looked through the pictures at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. You say like a lot of these pictures we've seen before and that kind of thing, there's a kind of neat, uh, feature in this magazine called lost and found, Uh, archive images retrieved. And I'm assuming this is going to be a regular thing. It says each issue we delve into the data core to retrieve a little scene or overlooked image from a classic Star Trek series or movie. And sure enough, they have a picture from towards the end of Star Trek for the voyage home here. Uh, in this section, and it's one I've never seen before. So that's one feature of this that I'm like, I'm looking forward to seeing what they dig up for next issue. Like, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah,
2: absolutely. The other thing I like about it is the interviews with Mm -hmm. different people, like Blue Del Barrio. You know, I haven't really seen many interviews with them. So it it, it was a really in-depth interview, and I really was enjoying that one too. Yeah, I feel like, you
1: know, we as Star Trek fans, or at least I, I feel this way a lot anyway, is like I'm I'm kind of hesitant to pick up a magazine or something like that because all of that information is online. You can look things up way really easily on Memory Alpha or whatever. But yeah, I found myself really getting into these interviews because, I, at least for me, I find I take my time with it and really absorb it much more than I do when I just go to some you know, Trek core article where they've interviewed somebody and I'm quickly scrolling through it for some tidbits of information. But with this, you know, I'm sitting down with it. I'm, you know, maybe eating a meal or something and reading it while I'm doing that. And I really take the time to take in that interview. The one with Blue Del Barrio was terrific. Uh, Ian Alexander's interview was another really great one here. Yeah. I love that a- one too. And yeah. I'm re- and I'm really enjoying this for sure.
2: Yeah. It's almost like It. it- it's not like the old days when you would get a Star Trek magazine to find out what's going on in Star Trek. Yes, there is some of that, but I do feel like this is more about features and about fun. So, you know, if you're going to buy a book about Star Trek, you're you're going to get interviews and behind-the-scenes looks, and that's almost what a magazine is doing here is giving you interviews with the creators, the actors, you know, anybody who's been associated with Star Trek at any time. I'm mean, even the book authors, you know, I've seen them in here and and it's just interesting to hear their thoughts and their perspectives that you don't get just on a general trek news site. And then there are some things you'll read and you go, "Oh yeah, I know all about that. You know, I've read that before." But then there's other things you'll find out that you didn't know or bits of information that you thought you knew, but you didn't. So I I actually get a lot out of it, actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. And like you, I haven't finished reading it yet. I still have a good chunk to go and I'm, I'm savoring it. I'm really enjoying that. Uh, I, I also want to take a moment here because I'm sure some people listening out there are asking right now. Uh, we are we did not get review copies of this. We are not provided this magazine. Uh, both Bruce and I purchased these magazines and these are our true unfiltered thoughts about about what we're reading here. So uh, if there's any question of that, that's uh, that's not the case.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's like It kind of sounds like we're trying to sell you on this, and in a sense we are, because we really liked it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no one has ever reached out to us from, what is it, Titan Publishing that does these, right? Mm-hmm. They, no one's reached out to us and said, yeah. hey, would you promote? No one has contacted us, sent us anything. This is just our own, because I think we're excited again because of the fiction. If there wasn't original fiction in there, we would probably maybe mention the magazine in our news segment that, hey, we got it, we like it, da-da-da. But I think our main focus then is on the fiction. But I I did want to just kind of briefly talk about what we thought of this new Explorer magazine. And so speaking of fiction, let's talk about the very first story in here. And it's All That Most Maddens and Torments. And it's written by Christopher Cooper. And illustrations are done by Klebs Jr. so. Definitely. Okay. So I have to admit, I contacted Dan the other day about doing this and I didn't even realize there were two stories in this. I hadn't even really got into it that far. He's like, yeah, there's two in there. And then I quickly look, I'm like, Oh, I have to just look and see what these two are about. And I see one. It's like, Oh, it's Kirk and Q. Okay. And then go to the next one. Wait, there's Q in this too. Well, it kind of makes sense because we were, Told by an author. I don't know if we should even say yet, but we told a famous Star Trek novelist (laughs) apparently has a short story coming up in a future issue. And so apparently there's been a focus on Q for a while.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and this was in the pre release information, which we talked about in a previous episode as well. But the first solicits for stories were all to be featuring Q. Uh, So, you know, it's kind of fun. This first one. Kirk and Q, right? That's definitely something we've never seen before. That's a little interesting.
2: Yeah, and when this started off, Dan. Okay, we're going to go in spoilers, everybody. So right away, we're we're digging right into this story. So Kirk is on a ship, not a starship, but in like you know some big sail ship because he's got the wooden wheel that he's turning. He's he grabbed the helm and he's got the spokes in his hands, and you know water splashing up. One of the crewmen goes off the ship. Okay, I have to admit that my first thought is what's going on here and I thought is he in the nexus?
1: Oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't know
2: why my mind went there because it's a Q story and I'm thinking okay, Q must have done but for some reason I thought nexus, which yeah. it does play out to be true. It is in the nexus. <laughs>
1: Which is funny because, yeah, I never thought of the Nexus until it's brought up. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. But the image, the the picture for the story has oh the my. Nexus front and center. So, Jeez. like, I, I should have figured that out. I didn't out. even notice but,
2: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't either at all. I was just like, oh, what a great little, uh, like, illustration of Kirk facing off against Q. But, yeah, behind them is the Nexus ribbon. So... Uh, yeah, I hadn't noticed that at all. The Nexus part surprised me. But that's really cool that you uh, that you picked up on that right away. Yeah, cool.
2: I don't know why. It just that's where my mind went uh, for some weird reason. <laughs> and then when it played out that way, I was like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, it really is the Nexus." Cuz then I thought my my next thought after that is, "Oh no, Q is taking him somewhere or, or whatever." Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting when Kurt hears someone say fascinating. And he, it sounds familiar, but he says Spock is not there. He's far away, and so he knows mm. it's not Spock. Which then also was cluing me into wait, where, why is Spock far away? Where you know when is this taking place? You know, yeah, that's interesting.
1: I my mind was totally on just like Q manufactured um, fantasy or something like that. So
2: yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> well, then uh, Q does appear as admiral q on the ship and he does say he's an observer that he's not creating that this i'm kind of jumping around just a little bit but you know kirk is creating this in his own mind is basically what what q is telling kirk in this that this is your creation you're you've decided to be on this ship and then they see a whale which i think is also funny because kirk has experiences with whales from star trek 4 (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and it feels like
1: they do allude to that a little bit where he's like, uh, Kirk mentions that, you know, he has some experience in this area or something like that.
2: Yeah. And and Kirk starts to realize some of this seems familiar. And then it, he determines like, this is like, this is Moby Dick. Like he's recreated Moby Dick in his mind and which he doesn't realize is the Nexus. But yes uh it's moby dick
1: mhm with of course the title all that most maddens and torments you know just such a typical literary title uh lifted right from Mo- moby dick and uh the little you know references and hints we get here to like previous times that star trek has referenced moby dick with you know we see captain ahab and who stars as captain ahab in this imagining of Kirk and stuff and it all just kind of fits with what we've seen before.
2: <laughs> so then Kirk sees another ship. It's now I don't know, is it pronounced pequod The P yeah, from yeah. Moby Dick. And and Q's like, mm. did you say Picard? <laughs> <laughs> Kirk's like no
1: yeah be <laughs> and that's that's actually the moment where I, I actually started to believe Q that he wasn't responsible for this because before I just thought he was lying <laughs> he said oh I didn't create this but his genuine kind of surprise that Picard might be there oh no it's not Picard oh okay like he seemed genuinely kind of surprised or shocked so i was like oh okay you know, q doesn't really know what's going on here and i actually started to believe him
0: <laughs> well
2: and then it's like he's the other ships there and kirk's like and they're going for the whale and you know kirk wants to stop the ship from getting the whale and see ahab he hears ahab's voice what he imagines but it doesn't look quite right like ahab doesn't look like ahab and says this man was dressed more like a pirate Gray hair falling across tan skin, a battered pendant shining against his bare, muscular chest. Now, come on. Were you like me and right away go, oh gosh, this is con? Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: With. Well, first of all, with all the Moby Dick references, I was already in the mind of of The Wrath of Khan, of course, because of all the references in that film to that. So, yeah, I was I was already thinking, like, is this going to have something to do with Khan or something? And then, of course, he shows up as Ahab. I'm like, okay, yep, there he is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What an image. Kirk on one sailing ship and Khan on another. They're fighting it out. (laughs) Well, you know, Mm -hmm. Khan's not fighting him. Khan's after the whale. And Kirk's after his ship to stop them from getting the whale. Now Khan's after Genesis,
1: and Kirk is trying to stop. Wait, hmm. did I say Genesis? I meant, I meant, I meant the whale. Yeah, yeah. I like those parallels. <laughs> I
2: like how this played out. This, you know, that's the funny thing for such a short story. There's so much there. You know, there's so mm-hmm. little, but there's so much. Like there's a lot to to dig into there. Yeah, that's
1: almost like the short definition of of a good short story. Absolutely. Yeah, so
2: that's that's it. We get good short stories in here, and uh, so Kirk has a harpoon line that is shot to the ship, pulls the ship away from the whale, and the whale gets off, and they live happily ever after. But then Kirk blinks, and he's now on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. And Q informs him, yes, it's the bridge of the NCC 1701. Because I was wondering which which bridge, you know, which time, I'm still not really clear what time frame. I'm assuming during the original series, but it could be, you know, motion picture or even I, I, maybe it is the Wrath of Khan bridge.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What's interesting is they say, yeah, it's the 1701 and Kirk says something like, oh, "Well, this was retired. This ship was retired a long time ago." And I'm like, "Nice euphemism for blowing up your ship, Kirk."
2: Yeah, it was retired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if that's your definition. <laughs> yeah, cuz Kirk then says, you know, he remembers being on the Enterprise B, so he does have a recollection of that, and that's when it's revealed that he is in the Nexus and he doesn't really quite believe Q, you know, for a while or whatever, but I love how Q's basically like, well, it's time for me to go and he can't leave. Why can't Q leave? Because, well, Kirk's in control, right? He's in control of this environment. And if he's in control of the environment, he's in control of if Q can leave it or not. I, I loved how that ended. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that was uh, an interesting little twist that, you know, it's one of the rare times that Q isn't the ultimate one that's kind of in, in control of everything, but I loved Q's motivation. That like you know, Kirk's like, "Why are you here?" And Q's like, "Well, it was just an opportunity to meet you, and I didn't want to pass <laughs> it up." So he's like, a, "He's like a Star Trek fan going to a convention. He heard that Captain Kirk's going to be there, so he wanted to pop in just to just to meet his uh, his hero, I guess." Not really here. I wonder but.
2: why he chose to pop in to meet Kirk in a nexus and not any other time in his lifetime. Yeah. I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, the opportunity arose, yep. I guess. So, <laughs> so, okay. I have to mention this outside of the story. The next page is trivia questions called Academy training, the captain Kirk edition. Cause there's some focus on captain Kirk in this issue. And, and I love how it specifies all questions are about the prime timeline, other, unless otherwise stated. So that nice. way, it's not like, well, in this book, in this comic, it's the prime timeline. I, I, I'm assuming Dan, have you you haven't gone through these yet, have you? I haven't gone through these, no. Okay. Well, I have. <laughs> I did oh, these last okay. night. And I was really nervous about it because I'm like, gosh, I'm into Star Trek. I do the podcast, but I'm, I'm not... I forget things, or I'm not, I don't notice a lot of detail. And, and so there's different levels. If you There's 20 questions, and there's a bonus. If you get 15 or more questions right, you are a captain. You don't believe in no-win scenarios. If you get 10 to 14 questions right, you're a lieutenant. Five to nine, you're an ensign. Zero to four, you're a cadet. And I was like, I've got to be a captain. And it starts off with the easy questions, then it has the medium questions, then it goes to the hard questions and the impossible questions and then followed by one <laughs> bonus. And I was doing good, but once we got to the hard and impossible, I started missing some. But I will say, because there's a bonus, I actually got six of the 20 wrong, but I got the bonus right. So that gave mm. me the, the 15 points to just barely make it to captain (laughs) wow and one of them i missed just because i i read it too quick i actually when i saw what the answer really was i was like oh yeah duh you know like i didn't take the time to think i just like oh yeah it's this without really thinking about Mm. i knew the answer but anyway if i is that question 13 where did kirk die that is correct I figured. <laughs> yeah, that one I just I just went, oh yeah, this, and I didn't like stop to think. No, wait, no, no, no. you know, yeah. So yeah, that was the one. You know me too well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because I was just kind of briefly looking through them, and I got to that one. I was like, oh, it's a- wait, no, it's not. It's <laughs> so I kind of in that half second did that same thing. <laughs> well, I'm really
2: proud of how I did with question twenty. Because I literally just sat there and counted on my fingers and in my head of the question is how many times has Captain Kirk or William Shatner's Captain Kirk appeared in Star Trek, including the alternate reality. And I got that one right. (laughs) I was actually surprised. I thought I'll be off. I'm sure I can see Dan's thinking right now. And then I'm proud that I got the bonus question because it was about the book Star Trek Cats, which I read. I don't know. We did that, what, like a year or two ago, whatever that was. And I actually got that one right. So, Oh, the animated series. Okay. <laughs> See? Yep. But I have to admit, I think I lucked out on getting it right because now that I reread the question, I think I counted the Kelvin Timeline movies and it says William Shatner's Captain Kirk. So I just want to interrupt the podcast real quick. This is being edited into the original recording, just to let you know that we went on this big tangent trying to figure out the answer to this trivia question. Really, we had the answer, but we didn't get to it in the correct way, I think at first, and we figured out all the correct answers to the question about William Shatner's Kirk appearing and everything. But as you'll hear, we're going to release that as a bonus to Patreon. But in the meantime, Listen to this brief message, and we'll be right back.
1: This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Maurice, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, and Paul D. Kinnear. Thank you all so much for your support. If you'd like to help out Positively Trek, please go to Patreon.com/PositivelyTrek. You can help out at any level and get early access to episodes, exclusive content, and at higher levels you can get shout-outs, associate producer credits, and more. Thank you so much to all of you who have already pledged your support. And to everyone else, thank you so much for listening. And with that, let's get back to the show.
2: All right, so, okay, this is edited, so we went off on a tangent on the last question (laughs) (laughs) on the trivia. Maybe, I think we'll throw that in maybe as a Patreon bonus, Dan, you think? are working through sure. it because we did figure out that could be fun. how to get to, I came to the right answer when I answered it, but in the wrong way, we figured out the right way. so and I came to the wrong
1: answer in the wrong way. So I was way off on everything, but we, uh, we figured it out. We think
2: we, I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> sure about this now that we got it right. So, and if anybody,
1: I love that idea though. Patreon bonus. That'll, that'll be fun.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're not on Patreon, just, a dollar will get you in to hear it, because if you're wondering how to get to this answer, we figured it all out and it's not as easy as you think. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Because boy, <laughs>
2: we like the us figuring out is almost as long as this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. But let's go to the next story here by Lisa Clink, illustration by Christian Rosado. And it's called Q and False. And this takes place With TNG and Q, as of course, you know, Q has to harass Jean-Luc Picard yet once again, because Picard, Troy and Worf are on a planet where they're at a reception and they're these people are trying to make a good impression because they want to join, possibly join the Federation. And so as the story progresses, there's somebody who kind of disrupts the reception because one of the you know the people on this planet comes in there and they're like you know help me help me and they're like water help this person out. By the way, these aliens are white fur, white and and four arms, and and short. So what are they called again? They are from the planet
1: Navarat Prime and uh, the Navaratans. I don't don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Navaratans. but the Navaratans, I don't know something like that. <laughs>
2: Well, this this person comes out and they're just like, help me, help me, get this person water, and of course, Picard and Worf and Deanna come running over, are you okay? What's your name? And this person says Masang and and the first minister's there and is like, Oh, she's one of them. Well, come to find out, there's like this group of people called the Slinati, I guess, and they're a religious cult, according to the second minister. And So Picard's like, wait a second, if you're looking to join the Federation, you never told us about these people and and you treat them second class citizens. We need to know about this. We need to know about all groups. And they're like, yeah, but they're so small. We didn't think you'd really care. But of course, the Federation wants to know how this society treats all people on the planet. Especially minorities, as Picard points out. Exactly. Which these people are. So the Picard and Worf and Troy ask if they can be taken to these people and meet them. So the second minister takes them, they take a hover craft and then they have to walk by foot for a while to get to this village or wherever they are and come to find out they worship this God, this, this being from the last 200 years. And there's a statue of this God on display and why it looks just like Q. And they're like, that's blasphemy. You can't say the name of the (laughs) (laughs) all-powerful. Wait, how do you know his name? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Were you around 200 years ago? (laughs) Anyway, what'd you think at this point of the story? I have to admit I wasn't getting into this one as much as
1: I was the other story. But, you know, I I am kind of, I, I liked the exploration of Q's antics outside of the star Trek cruise and stuff, because we do know from some of his appearances, like Vash says in the deep space nine episode, they're in that this one planet calls Q the God of lies and stuff. So we do know that he muddles around in, in other civilizations every once in a while and that kind of thing. But I I kept kind of trying to think of what Q's motivation was and a lot of times in Q's stories, there's some kind of reason behind it, some sort of lesson he's trying to teach. And you could argue there's a little bit of that here, but it seems like he's just being a brat. <laughs> like that just kind of seems like what Q's doing in this. Well,
2: it's almost like the other story. He just is there just to be there, just see what's going on. And these people took him on as a god. And one of the problems is that this person that we had talked about earlier who ran away from this group of people are saying help water was going to be the sacrifice that they were going to make to the God because their crops are dying in order to get the crops and everything to, to go back to being plentiful again is to do the sacrifice. So now they have this new person they're going to sacrifice right there in front of our crew. And Picard's not going to do anything because of the prime directive. It's non-interference. And all of a sudden everybody just freezes and Q appears and he's like, captain, Picard, really? Are you not going to do anything about this? He's like, I can't Q. And I love how Q is questioning him like, okay, so you won't go in and sit in f- to replace this person and sacrifice yourself to save the people. How many people does it take? Do you have to sacrifice mm-hmm. yourself for five, ten, a hundred? How many? How, what is your limit? And Picard's just like, I don't know. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> because I, who knows what the answer is? It's just... He can't interfere.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. Like, like at that point, I'm like, okay, Q's got some sort of lesson here that he's, he's trying to impart. So I kind of got it with, with that part of it for sure. But at the same time, it just, everybody seems just a little bit out of character to me. I don't know. Did you get that impression as well? Or,
2: um, Not really, but no, I can see that. I I did feel like maybe like Worf was a little bit more Worf than usual, but it was, it worked (laughs) because Mm -hmm. Picard makes agreement with Q that if they worship the all powerful in front of these people, Q will undo, you know, stop the sacrifice. And so as he snaps his fingers and everybody's moving again, they see the all powerful and Picard tells Troy and Worf that we need to bow down to him and and worship him, and then Worf's just like, "I'm not going to do that. I would rather die." <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, that to me felt like Worf. Like I was like, right. "Yeah, that was totally
2: Worf there." <laughs> yeah, and then Picard explains it, and Worf's just like, "Captain," he goes, "That's an order, Mister Worf." <laughs> like, get down on your knees, and then they do, and. Then Q stops the sacrifice and they're like, oh, but, you know, our crops or whatever. And he's just like, oh, is that the problem? Done. Okay. Taking care of everything's fine now. And that's basically (laughs) it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's funny. Actually, talking through the story, I I like it a little better, I think, than when I first read it. But I I just I think I came off of the, the first story with all of the literary stuff, which is stuff that I just eat up. And with this one was a little bit more just on the nose. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's it's an interesting story. And I do like how Picard and his crew kind of react to what's going on.
2: Yeah, I I enjoyed both of these stories for different reasons. I think I enjoyed them both about the same. Mm. But again, for different reasons. But no, I, I did enjoy this one. I liked it. And it then gives you a little synopsis of you know, the illustrator and the author, both at the end of each stories of who they are. And Lisa Klink wrote this one. And I was like, Oh, you know, it says that she did some episodes of Voyager and deep space nine. And also was a writer for star Trek, the experience Borg invasion 4 D. And I thought, well, let me just look up on IMDB. I'm curious, like what all did she write on Voyager and deep space nine? Well, the one episode in deep space nine, but like almost 80 on Voyager that she's like a story editor or wrote the episode herself. I mean, she's oh, yeah. very heavily involved in Voyager. Yeah, she was on the staff
1: as an executive story editor, if I recall correctly, for at least part of the run of Voyager. Yeah, she's a lot of experience writing on that show.
2: Yeah, it's I kind of like to see a Voyager story from her in, in this magazine. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's fun that she got to do a TNG story because she's never got a chance to do that. But it would it'd be cool to see her do a Voyager one. Absolutely, yeah. So those are the two fiction stories. So let us know if you want us to continue to review the fiction in the magazine. I think we probably will do it anyway, unless a lot of you say don't. (laughs) We'll go like, (laughs) okay, well, maybe we won't. But again, I've enjoyed the magazine. I subscribed for a full year and uh, there's like four issues in a year. So I'm looking forward to three months from now to see the next couple of stories.
1: Yeah, definitely. And in the meantime, there's a ton in this magazine to kind of keep you occupied. Uh, there's there's lots of really interesting articles. The interviews that we talked about before, there's kind of like a mini magazine inside all about Captain Kirk and uh, stuff about Enterprise. I mean, all across the Star Trek universe, not just the new stuff, but the old stuff as well. And of course, Larry Nemeczek is back with this Uh new run as well with his regular column as well so that's always a lot of fun
2: yeah i've enjoyed that's one of the ones i did read as his uh his column he's like yeah he's got two things in here Mm -hmm. um, and i read both of those so i did enjoy that so yeah i'm looking forward to the next issue but again i'm like you said i'm not done reading this one there's still things in here i want to read but it is a lot of fun So yeah, check it out, everyone. So if you want to talk about the magazine with us, Dan, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kertrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on YouTube.com slash Productions. And of course, hanging out in the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook.
2: And I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. It's Admiral with the underline Rex. I'm also occasionally on Literary Treks and the Star Wars Report. I am on the most recent episode of Star Wars Report, ladies and Ooh. gentlemen. Thankfully, it's been a while. But I am on there. And, and then also... Uh, What's that? Oh, I just said, huzzah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then and then I'm also, uh, and then I also want to mention on our next book club episode, the plan is to talk to David Mack about book three of Coda. So we're going to wrap up the Coda series on the next book club. I'm really excited to get into that because I've read it. I've got a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts too on that one. And I'm going to hold them to all my questions and thoughts. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that one goes. And, but, by the way, I did enjoy the book. So, thank you to our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek and join the fun there, and here's some bonus content like we were talking about earlier in this episode. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at positivelytrack. You can also email us positivelytrek at gmail.com. And that about does it. So, we'll see you guys next time. And until then... Stay positive.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.